Your move, creep. Mission luck, Bruiser. You both in Coco. Dino DNA. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. It's the only thing I know how to do. It's a good looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's night Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Retrograde Podcast, the podcast where we talk about older movies, we talk about how they were made, how they were received, and whether or not they hold up. I am Austin. And I'm George. So, Austin, we have a special film this week. Uh, I, I I think we both grew up with it. This might we be both one grew of up our with this movie, yes. This might be one of our defining childhood films. Or if not the one, one of them for sure. One of them for sure. Movies that uh, spend a lot of time in our VHS player. Movies that we both probably own the soundtracks to. We're talking about Space Jam, guys. A classic. I mean, you know, it, it ain't no Casablanca or anything, but it's a classic to us. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit it. I enjoyed Space Jam more than I enjoyed Casablanca. Really? Hell yeah. I I kind of enjoy Casablanca a lot, actually. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, not I saying, I'm not saying Casablanca's bad, but I'm saying I remember enjoying Space Jam a lot, mainly because I was a kid and I was into Looney Tunes and stuff. Um, but that movie, man, I can still quote some of that movie to this day. Like when, when Bugs Bunny's like pleading Michael Jordan, pleading to Michael Jordan, we need your help. So we may, we, I know we've brought this up before, we have. but, but, um, well, we both saw this film growing up. You've, you saw the English version. I grew up watching the Spanish version. So for viewers out there that don't know, Spanish was my first language. And what my parents did was they would buy a ton of Spanish of VHS translated films. So it's it's they're just dubbed. Uh there are a ton of films. A ton of films that I've only seen in Spanish. What else have and you sp- only seen in Spanish? There was one uh Cats Don't Dance. I showed you a clip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Los, and it, it was called Los Gatos No Bailan. I think Fern Gully I've seen in Spanish. Oh yeah. Anyway, Space Jam. Yes, yes, space. So let's talk about Space Jam. Let's talk about Space Jam. <laughs> space Jam came out in 1996, and we've actually covered a movie from 1996 before. Do you remember what it is? Wait, it was recent. No. No. no um, See, I'm really terrible. This, oh this... wait, wait. Uh, no, no. Uh, Independence Day. Yeah, you did it. George. Oh my god, I got. It. Oh my god, that was an old one. It's like one of the maybe the second episode we ever recorded. Yeah. How much we've grown since then. It's been actually it's been more than a year since you recorded that one, but it's been almost a year from when we released it to the internet and launched this podcast venture. Man, it's this podcast has forced me to watch so many cool new movies. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, fourth because, you know, it's in the site, you know, these are films that I've always wanted to watch and never got around to just cuz I was, you know, it's like, ah, I'll watch for another time, but yeah, man, it's going to be one year pretty soon. And yeah, damn, Maybe we'll I, talk I, about I, it now, but we are planning a retrograde retrospective episode on our one year anniversary. I think it's going to be a uh, sorry, not April, uh, August, August, August 8th. Was it? I put it in my calendar. August 1st. On August 1st, we're going to have a special retrograde retrospective where we're going to be talking about 
uh, some of our memories recording this podcast, what we think we could improve on, what we think we did really good on. And we're also going to open it up to the listeners and just have that moment to like answer questions and stuff. We'll, you'll see more on, on more about it on our socials on Instagram. I'll probably post like a little stories thing where you guys can submit uh, questions or whatever. And we'll, we'll talk about it then. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Space Jam. Apparently people do not like the new one. I, I, I'm seeing, I'm hearing some awful things about the new one, which I haven't seen yet. But I'm kind of wondering, like, was Space Jam always bad? It's just that, like, my kid brain remembers it being awesome, you know? So, like, I'm always going to think of it as a child, you know? You know what I mean? No, no, I... I a hundred Austin. I never say this, but I a hundred percent agree with you. You say that on like every episode. No, I don't. I don't a hundred percent agree with you most of the time. Do I? I I heard it yesterday. I've I don't know. You we disagree a lot and we we agree a lot. But you know that makes a good good podcast, right? You yeah. don't want people just going like yes, absolutely, all well, the time. I, no, no, no. And we have our big disagreements. Transformers Independence Day, but. Uh, this is a moment where I agree with you 100%. I, because I re I watched Space Jam A New Legacy last night with my friend Chris, who's been on the podcast before. I was not a fan. In fact, I think it's a very bad movie. <laughs> In fact, I wouldn't even say it's a movie. Uh, Chris went off, Chris went as far as to say that it's uh, one of the worst films he's ever seen. Okay. Now, there's an asterisk to that. There's a technicality to it, which we may talk about. In the second part, we may do a special episode talking about it because it's it's a pretty important film when when we're thinking about the landscape of films of where we're at right now with the pandemic and theaters and streaming and HBO Max um, and HBO Max. So it's a really interesting film to talk about just because of the circumstances around it. But the actual movie is god awful. And watching <laughs> it, I'm like, uh, watching it, I'm like, well. Is the original as bad as this? Like, because I loved, because I loved it as a kid. I loved Space Jam as a kid. Like, I, oh, I yeah. adore it. It's there are images that are seared into my head. You know, Who was and, it that that said to me that was it you where you didn't know Michael J- Michael Jordan was a basketball player? I don't. I think it might have been me. I didn't know that he was a, a basketball player, like a real life basketball player. Or maybe I watched it as such a young kid that. I didn't know who Michael Jordan was before it, but the movie introduced me to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I was three years old when this movie came out and I saw it when I was three, probably. I, I didn't yeah. know who the Chicago Bulls were. I didn't know what the fuck that was. I didn't know what <laughs> basketball was. But the but I watched the movie as a kid because of the Looney Tunes aspect. Yeah. I don't and think I, that like the Looney Tunes mean as much to kids now. Than they as they do to us then, because back then the Looney Tunes were on Cartoon Network, which was like, you know, you didn't. It wasn't on like basic cable, but as you had like the next step up, you would have Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and Disney Channel and all that stuff. So I remember the Looney Tunes. I've seen like all of them, you know. So I was more excited about the Looney Tunes being in a movie than I was about Michael Jordan. But at the same time, Michael Jordan was like a super popular celebrity at the time. So I think that combined with like this cartoon that all the kids like, I I think it was like, that's what made it a big deal for us in the nineties. But nowadays I don't think 
Like LeBron James might be a better basketball player, maybe a better person than Michael Jordan, but I don't think he's as big of a star as Michael Jordan was back then. Well, listen, is that man, safe yeah. to say? I I think you I think you said something very unsafe that he's a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. I don't know about that. Look, I don't know enough about <laughs> basketball, but I feel that's like I don't know. I feel like that's like a red flag. Like people who enjoy basketball might like be like shut the fuck up Austin you don't know what you're talking about well I mean like if we could only have one I'm I'm on team LeBron <laughs> well I again I don't know enough about basketball and points and stuff I don't know who's better and stuff but I would say that LeBron is kind of like he's at the same level of Michael Jordan or in terms of I don't know about basketball but in terms of in terms of like he's a very popular basketball player if you don't watch basketball you still know about LeBron James mm-hmm. same with Michael Jordan now is he as good I don't know is he as popular? I don't know either, though, because Michael Jordan was a big deal. Yeah. But LeBron is a big deal. Like, this this just makes a lot of sense to for the sequel to, hey, let's let's get LeBron James in on mm-hmm. this. Um, it worked before because Space Jam, I believe, was a success. Yeah, uh, it was. Do you want me to go over the, the top 10 domestic box office real quick, just to recap on what kind of year this was? Absolutely. Go for it. All right. So number one was Independence Day. Number two was Twister. Number three was the first Mission Impossible. Mm. And I think it's the best one. Uh, Number four was The Rock, the Michael Bay movie. Number six, Ransom with Mel Gibson. I remember he was trending earlier this week and not for good reasons. Oh, yeah. The UFC fight, right? Yeah. Uh, So number seven, uh, The Birdcage which is a movie that Adrian, my cousin, recommended to us. Uh, it's with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Oh, okay. And number eight, A Time to Kill. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I don't think I've seen it. With Samuel L. and Matthew McConaughey. It is a <laughs> wow. it is a courtroom drama one, and damn, is it a good one. Number nine is 101 Dalmatians. Glenn Close. Number 10 was the first Wives Club. And Space Jam was actually number 15 that year, just after Star Trek First Contact and uh, ahead of Mr. Mr. Holland's Opus, which is a movie that I've seen several times, but I don't really remember what it's about. I know it's about like a a music teacher, um, but Mm. that's about all I remember. Uh, The worldwide box office was the what made space jam so successful because in the states it only made 90 million and it had a budget of 80 million was similar to independence day's budget i think independence day had like a 75 million and the international release gave it 140 so it made 230 worldwide so it made three times its production budget space jam yeah man again that's that's why there's such a big that's why you know people ask why do why does the u.s pay so much attention to the chinese box office because of shit like that man yeah because of shit like this and it's only gotten bigger and bigger mm-hmm. you could never you're not gonna hit a billion dollars domestically <laughs> yeah just domestically there's it's, not enough you, money here no <laughs> um, the, you know what americans are sick of american movies you know who <laughs> like american movies everyone else yeah also coming out this year's... Did I mention Jerry Maguire? I didn't. You might have mentioned it in Independence Day. Yeah, 
Jay. I love Tom Cruise. It's one of my favorite Tom Cruise films. I've never seen it. Yeah, this, looking through The Craft also came out this year. Scream, Romeo plus Juliet. Ah, oh. we should watch that one. I I've only seen clips one. of it, and that movie looks insane. Oh, it's so much fun. Fargo I also came Ro- out this year. So, do you remember where you were when you first saw Space Jam? Was it one of your your grandmas? You all hang out at your grandma's house and you watch the... I mean, that happened a lot where a bunch of my, me and my cousins would um, get together and watch movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember the first time the first time I watched this movie. I just remember... All I remember is being born. There's like a lot of fuzziness and then just knowing about Space Jam. You know, like I've, I've mentioned this before, but like I've never not known that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Mm-hmm. Like my whole life, I've known that that's his daddy. Oh, I, you know? I remember where I was when I found that out. <laughs> oh, it's not, it, it, yeah, I remember. Really? I remember the way our furniture looked. I remember where the TV was, and I remember the dun, 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 dun. I'm like, what? I was also very concerned about Luke's hand. I'm like, how is he gonna fight? without a hand is yeah he, i is thought he that going too. to be killed <laughs> then, thankfully they fixed that in like the next scene yeah it's like oh he has a robot arm yeah i so there's a there's a f- lot of fuzziness i can't remember when that was the first time i saw this film i've always known about space jam um there's a lot of movies like that like mm-hmm. i can't remember the first time i've seen independence day i just know that I've always known about Independence Day, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of memories uh, watching this with my cousins, watching this with my sister, watching it with my dad, watching it in different locations. I mean, we ran that VHS to the ground and it was funny because it was always in Spanish. <laughs> I've never seen this movie in English. I've only seen clips of it recently where it's in English and it throws me off. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable. I, I don't know why. That will help you see it without the nostalgia glasses. Because you're watching yeah. it in a different language. And you're hearing how bad Michael Jordan is as an actor. <laughs> well, yeah. Because, I mean, when I heard his Spanish voice, which goes like, Hola, soy Michael Jordan. <laughs> ah, si. ¿Cómo estás, Bugs Bunny? Oh, si te voy a ayudar con esos goon squads. <laughs> what? It's like what? the goon squad. No. What? The monsters. No, no. Mons. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Goon start the goon squad. We're canceling this from... podcast. You don't call them the goon squad. Podcast is over. Go home, everybody. The, uh, the, the goon the <laughs> goon squad was referenced in a new legacy that I still I haven't seen this movie in a while. But the monsters, those monsters. You, you don't even remember the the song that came with them with uh, Buster Rhymes and uh, Method Man. No, oh, no, no. You God. you reminded me. We've talked. We've spoken about this, and you reminded me of it. Yeah, it was the first uh, Method a... Man song I ever heard was was the monsters anthem but um yeah this movie um i haven't seen that a long 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 time but i've i've always known about it and when i watched it when i heard michael jordan's voice i knew that wasn't his voice i knew it was someone kind of talking over him but it was so like it didn't belong to him <laughs> and yet i accepted it do you know what i mean like i yeah. was like well that's just it's just it is what it is mm-hmm. even though it sounded very different you know yeah and now that i'm actually listening to his voice i'm like oh no oh no oh Jeez, no no oh no 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 and there is gonna be a weird transition where i'm watching this film in english and i'm kind of worried because 
I, I don't, I, I know. No quiero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember um, the soundtrack more than anything, I think. Like, I remember. Jail. Yeah. To the jail. Where the songs are, like, in the movie, like, when I listen to the soundtrack, which unfortunately is not all on Spotify. Oh, it's not? Yeah, I had to, like, go on YouTube and listen to stuff there, which we also are putting our podcast on YouTube, in case you prefer to do that. <laughs> but, I ha- yeah, I have to go to YouTube to listen to, to the Monstars anthem and to listen to the, um, oh, shoot, like, Round and Round. Boy, you turn me upside down. Oh, I love that song. Um, like the, I remember the Charles Barkley losing his like his Howie, um his, his ability to play his basketball abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that's, I remember that's the thing. He's like watching kids play basketball, and they're like, "Hey, it's Charles Barkley," and he's like, "Can I play with y'all?" <laughs> and then he <laughs> plays with them, and he gets crossed up, and then the girls like. You're not Charles Barkley. You're just a wannabe who looks like. <laughs> Be gone, wannabe. Oh, my that's God. okay. Yeah, you. I Hilarious. remember back at. I remember back at our old job. You always quoted that. You <laughs> and you and Nathaniel, Roscoe and Henry. Like for some reason, that movie stuck with all of us. You know, we all came from different backgrounds, but like Space Jam quotes, everybody knew them. You know, everybody saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no this was a huge i mean look man everyone listening to this podcast has at least some memory of space jam not that they like it or not but has a vague memory of this movie because mm-hmm. that's just how iconic it was yeah you had to that's how you knew you were a 90s kid you you watched space jam if there was one movie you watched it was space jam and the, I, those toon squad shirts like they're still around people are like remaking them and uh wearing them as like streetwear and stuff it's great. Oh yeah, I remember that there was a lot of um, Looney Tune merch around the time that was like very Cholos esque. Oh yeah, I, so, yeah. So, like Tweety Bird with like <laughs> with like a giant the Tweety chain. Bird with like Dickies and Pro Club. <laughs> Why was that a and, thing? I don't know. <laughs> I just it's Space getting... Jam, right? It's got to be Space this... Jam. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Well, Space Jam just popular popularized it even more. So, you know, they're like someone's like, "Yo, what if we make them look like thugs?" Some pro clubs. Let's get some drip on Bugs Bunny. Exactly. (laughs) Dio Chang, hang low, do it. Why? Fuck this. This is gonna be a weird nostalgia trip. It is. It is gonna be a weird nostalgia trip. I I do remember though. Chris and I were talking about some of the things that we thought made the original better. Because I haven't seen it in a while, but there are images that are stuck in my head. And I was just, even from vague memory, I feel like the original is just so much better. Honestly, I don't even think the original is that bad from what I can remember. Maybe this is just an instance of, like, critics getting up their own ass and be like, well, see, um, the the uh, inciting incident was brought in uh, too late because Michael Jordan's, yeah, uh, the mise-en-scene, uh, as Jean-Luc Godard said... The ending and the beginning, it's like, okay, just shut the fuck up, dude. Just, just watch, it's a, just, it's a kid's movie. Just take it as a kid's movie. So I, I don't know if it's that or if it's just critics getting up their own ass or yeah, if it's I think actually... that has something to do with it because everyone, like with these giant, like fandom properties, everybody thinks that they own it. So they think that the movie owes them something when this is a movie probably made for kids. Right? It was totally made for kids. There's no doubt about it. This is 
This was made for children. Okay, well, look. Number one, let's just be honest. This movie's a commercial for Michael Jordan. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the, we'd have to look into when, when it happened, but like his yeah, deal with Nike and let's, the shoes. Yeah, let's get into that. Like who Michael Jordan was at the point when this movie came out. I think that'll be really interesting to look at. Well, we're going to have to research that. Yeah. Um, especially since we don't we don't know that much about him. But I'm, I guarantee you this was a commercial for Michael Jordan. Like to popularize him, and it it worked. I'm not. Was I don't it even trying? Like, do you think it was trying to popularize him, or do you think he was already so popular? So people. No, no, no. He him. was already popular, but it was about taking it that extra level. Because even MJ to this day is still mythic. Like mm-hmm. people call him the goat still. So, mm-hmm. this movie went. This movie did what it did. It lodged Michael Jordan into people's brains so deep that even if you didn't, even if you don't give a shit about basketball, you still care about him. Granted, through a movie, not through his abilities, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's a commercial for Michael Jordan. Here's Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And here's his shoe. And here's his pose that he does (laughs) on his shoe. And here he is with Bugs Bunny. And you know what I mean? Like, come on, let's call it what it is. But is it an enjoyable commercial? And that's what I'm curious. I'm not going to just hate on something because it doesn't really serve the truest artistic. It, it has the truest artistic pursuit. Sometimes a movie's just got to be a movie. And as long as you do a decent job, I'm fine with it. You know? Well, yeah. So these are some of the things that we're going to try to keep an eye out for when we're researching it. We're basically going to see at what point was Michael in his career when he made this film. You know, what was the making of this movie like? Why was it so expensive? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. And just what culturally has this movie done for us? Because I'm sure that's we could go into a deep, deep well. About yeah. Just that. Yeah. And I think we may talk about Space Jam and New Legacy a bit more. Yeah, because I'll, I'll have tra- seen it. OK, well, I am excited to watch Space Jam again. I'm excited to hear all those songs again in the movie that I remember so well. And I'm also yeah, and then Quad City DJs. Everybody get up! It's time to slam now. I can't wait to watch that intro again. That really long intro, right? Yeah, but oh my god, it it totally works. It gets you right into the groove of it. You're like, oh shit, like. Damn, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the beginning of the movie sets the tone. Every every beginning in a movie has to set the tone. And that one sets the tone. You're like, oh, shit. Because it sets, because the way I remember it, you know, Jordan's playing outside. He's playing basketball outside. His dad comes in and he's like, practice makes perfect or something like that. Yeah. And he makes, he's like, oh, he, Ben, I'm going to win the state championship with North Carolina. He makes a basket. Then I'm going to go to the NBA. He makes another one. And he's like, then I'm going to go play baseball. And his dad's like, that's a fine sport, son. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I don't remember him saying what? that. Uh, oh, I'll be so embarrassed if it's not it. Because that's how it is in my head. And then <laughs> and then he says something about flying. And then he jumps. And then it does like the, the cut into his NBA montage. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> and, yeah, the, the song the song is great. The way it's like cut cut together. And it's really quick. And like... If you don't know about Michael Jordan, you're going to know him after this. All right. We will see you in a minute. When the world's greatest athlete, Michael Jordan, 
teams up with the world's best-loved cartoon character, Bugs Bunny, you won't believe your eyes. Pardon me, Mr. Jordan. Could I have your auto to the auto? Your John Hancock. What's going on here? We need your help! You heard of the dream team? Well, we're the mean team. Ready? Yeah! Done. Yeah. You kick it in here. You go to the hole and dominate. We own defense. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I don't play defense. Warner Brothers presents Jordan. Funny. Special delivery! Together, they just might save the world. Space Jam. You've never seen anything like it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We have just finished watching Space Jam from 1996, directed by Joe Pitka, starring Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. George. You, did you watch the movie in English this time? I did. I did watch it in English. However, I kept switching between English and Spanish just to, <laughs> just to see how different some people sounded. Yeah. Uh, but I, I watched it all in English. Like the parts that I, I switched to Spanish, I would rewind it and pick the, up where I left off. It was the first time, right? They watched it in English? First time. First time where I'm hearing uh, Bill Murray's like actual voice, Bugs <laughs> Bunny's, like every, everyone's actual voice. Um, I'm kind of curious about what you thought of Michael Jordan's performance now that you actually heard his real voice saying those real lines. You know what? I think it gets too much hate, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I think he was okay. I think he was fine. Like, the thing is, you kind of disassociate. I disassociated how good his acting was because every time I'd seen it, it was in Spanish. So, yeah. you know, it changes your perception of his performance. So watching it in English, I was expecting or hearing people talk about the movie and that that when they've seen it in english and they're like oh he's awful he's one of the worst actors blah 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 blah. i was like oh my god he must be shit so i watched it with my sister and he's not bad like i don't think he's good i wouldn't i wouldn't say he's great or anything but i bought it like i've seen movies that had way worse performances from actual actors i'm like he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time he's playing himself like he's fine He, he does a solid job Okay, that's very generous. I think. I think he's kind of bad. Yeah, he can, but he's not you're really way too harsh on everything, man. No, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't hate Space Jam: New Legacy. I didn't think it was good. Oh my but... god! Which is, we're we're gonna get into that because we'll save that for later. Yeah, uh, oh, I boy. think I, especially next to LeBron, Michael Jordan's goddamn Leonardo DiCaprio. Are you serious? Yes, hell no, hundred percent. LeBron, LeBron is not such a better actor than my. Oh really? Jordan. So what in the Matrix is happening? <laughs> you, you got the line wrong. It's what in the Matrix hell? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, sure. I got the line wrong, but like, still the, didn't deliver. It's the it's the delivery. I think if you take Michael Jordan and make him say the lines in New Legacy, how much worse would that movie be? Well, I'll tell you this, right right from the get go. I'm just saying. So Austin and I both watched Space Jam and a New Legacy. I think in the same weekend. Um, oh, yeah. I did not like New Legacy at all. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and I, I still like Space Jam. I yeah, think it's pretty. I still I like Space Jam too. Yeah, like I don't. I I was we were reading critics reviews and I'm like, I think you guys were a bit too harsh. You guys are sounding like Austin with Independence Day. 
I, I, I look, I look again. This is look again. What we're saying. This is this commercial for the Looney Tunes. This is not real cinema. This is a theme park. Uh, yada yada. Okay, all those points are valid. But for being a kids movie, I think it's enjoyable, and I think it's. I think some of the uh, story decisions that they made were really interesting. They made I appreciated them more as as an adult now that I understand a little bit more about Michael Jordan's life. And my sister said it best. She said it's charming. Like it's charming. Charming doesn't mean that it's the funniest or it's the most emotional, but, but there's a certain charm to it that you just like, oh, I like that. This reminded me a lot or the way I felt about this movie was the way I felt about Labyrinth. It's charming. <laughs> and Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like it's you know it's like both both are movies for kids, right? One of them uses puppets, the other one uses animation. It uses the Looney Tunes and has some of the humor. Is some of the humor dated? Yes. Are they both incredible pieces of of screenplay literature? And no, but you still appreciate the work behind that went behind it, and you appreciate what's happening. David Bowie, he's n- he's not an amazing actor. But I bought what he was selling, and I liked this. Same with Michael Jordan. Oh, oh my God! Now that I'm saying it out loud, like Labyrinth and Spaceship have a bit more in common than I imagined. Yeah, the, the, I think they have like one thing in common, and is that they're both like you take these real flesh and blood people and put them in this fantasy world that is so huge in in scope. Like when you think of the the amount of work that the people had to do to create these worlds. Mm-hmm. I I think the labyrinth world is way more intricate, but I was reading a lot about the animators who worked on Space Jam, and what what they did was was amazing as well. I just don't think it's easier. I don't think it's as easy to appreciate as it is in Labyrinth. Well, with Labyrinth, it's easier to appreciate because it's something that you could touch and feel. You know, these yeah. are these are things that you could tell. Okay, you know how puppets work, so you know that. Every puppet in there is being handled by someone. So you can just imagine, wow, how many people must be on set for this? But with animation, I mean, you know, people have a vague idea as to how animation is made and drawn and stuff. But you don't see the amount of hours and right. details that people put in. And I think that's a very valid point. With Space Jam, I would say as much work went, in, it went into it as Labyrinth, maybe even more. Yeah, but probably. I don't think people appreciate it. Yeah, because they, they had hundreds of animators all across the globe working yeah. on this movie. Yeah, we can get into that later. But yeah. um, I think that my favorite parts from the movie, though, aren't necessarily like the the animation stuff. You know, I like the parts that stick out to me are the parts with the NBA players dealing with the life without their talent. Mm-hmm. That whole like basketball Jones montage is still one of my favorite favorite scenes in this movie that song <laughs> maybe that's why you can't sleep at night or something like that Do that, you know whole, who that is who's that oh man it's gonna blow your mind this the soundtrack who they pulled for this soundtrack dude that's that's barry white <laughs> barry white barry white yeah he's he's doing the an obsession <laughs> you know? oh my he's god that's incredible that. his voice because in the spanish version of space jam they still they don't dub his song mm-hmm. it's still in english so that voice has been in my head since I've seen this movie. <laughs> and even as a kid, I didn't know what he said, but like, you know, it's like that smooth way yeah. of saying is that, it. That part where Patrick Ewing is is in the the like the psychiatrist's room and the psychiatrist is like, 
Are there other areas of your life where you find it difficult to perform? And, <laughs> <laughs> and Barry White's voice is like, yes, yes. And it's like, dude, this. There's it, there's just, no doubt in my mind that that was like a, a like a sex joke, you know. Oh no, that that is a sex joke. It's got to be. There's there's no that's why he that's why the psychiatrist put it very politely. Yeah. He wasn't he's he wasn't going to say, "Hey, you still fucking your your wife, right?" <laughs> he's not going to say that. But I thought that was really funny. I was and there doesn't seem to be that many adult-oriented jokes. There's you know, it's not like Well, um, like there's there's a lot of them. Adult there's, jokes? Yeah, there's that. There's the the Pulp Fiction reference <laughs> with okay. Yosemite Sam and uh, Elmer Fudd shooting out the teeth of the monster. Okay, but that's... there's the the one at the NBA game where they steal Charles Barkley's talent. Where uh, the the I forgot her name, but she's on Everybody Loves Raymond. She's in the middle. But that that joke there, the man is doing something under his raincoat. Okay. 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 I'll give you that one. That's a that is an adult joke. The Pulp Fiction one. I mean, yeah, I get. Technically, I don't really count it though, because those two things are very much like they're talking about something very specific that kids should not know. Or yeah, I guess uh, Pulp Fiction should kids should be talking about Lola Bunny. Dude, <laughs> oh my god, and. <laughs> Little did they know, because, okay, they animated her to be very... They animated her to be very sexy. And little did they know that Lola Bunny was going to take the world by storm. Because to this day, people are still cosplaying as Lola Bunny. Which is insane, because she's like a character... She's an animated character from 1996. What the fuck? (laughs) And this was her debut. Like, this was her first actual... Like she was, this was her first time in the Looney Tunes squad. Yeah, they created her for the movie. Yeah, so a a bunch of people fell in love with her, and they've never forgotten her since. So much so that in the new one, when they were like, "We're gonna desexualize her," there was like a huge uproar. Of That's people right. Like, that was so ridiculous. She's a cartoon bunny, guys. Come on. Well, the the it was so dumb because there were two sides. One, uh, you you know, they're like, um, one was like. You should desexualize her because it's a kid. It's a children's thing, and you're sending them mixed messages. You're basically making kids horny. That's what parents were saying. What? Other people were like, other people were like, well, Lola Bunny was great because what do you mean like uh, women can have curves and you know, um, you you know what's wrong with a sexual bunny character? I was like, what's happening? What is going on? <laughs> I don't understand how to feel about this. I'm just gonna ignore it. I think if you feel too strongly about it, it's like, what do you, what are we doing here? What's going, what's going on? Well, well I feel <laughs> like, you know, especially right now, there's a, there's a conversation about how, like, you know, about women taking charge of their bodies, how they dress, who they fuck, you know, what, what they do. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. very much like that. Uh, and that kind of, the Lola bon- Bunny controversy kind of. Jesus Christ. She went from Lola Bunny to that and it's like women get to decide. It's a like, but she's animated by men and it's like I I don't I I don't know. Well, uh so yeah, and the the stakes of of this basketball game is you either win or you become slaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I like was, that slave thing. I was a little worried about that, you know. I mean, 
the idea is still there. <laughs> Bugs Bunny has a line that's like, you can't just turn us into slaves. That would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <sighs> It Jesus. would be bad. I, I was as a kid. You know, you didn't. I didn't really register it as much. Mm-hmm. You know, but watching as a grow, grown up, I was like, oh my god, please, please don't. And, and you know, I mean, they do mention slave. The only thing that I I found kind of cringe, or the the whole situation is weird. But the thing that kind of made me go was when uh, Danny DeVito's character. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know Danny DeVito was in this movie. <laughs> you didn't know. I didn't, that's great because I'd never heard him before. <laughs> that's right. Oh man, that's, I didn't that's know wild. <laughs> when when his first scene comes up in the film. I'm like, oh shit, that's Danny DeVito. <laughs> that's Penguin. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only real scene that kind of made me feel a little cringy about the whole thing was when Danny DeVito is like saying to Michael Jordan, "Oh, you'll be signing autographs all day, and you'll be playing one on one where kids will win all day." And Michael Jordan's like cartoon is in chains. Yeah, I was a little like. <sighs> <laughs> I remember like, that scene very vividly because the animation changed for that that scene. It got really, yeah, it, it got very, um, like almost, like it, yeah, it, it went really dour. Mm-hmm. I, even as a kid, I sensed like, oh, this is, this, these are real stakes. Like, oh, shit yeah. can hit the fan just because of the way it was drawn. Um, yeah, that was, and thankfully they they said that and they moved on and they didn't make a bigger deal of it. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. So, uh, all right, we we got past that. They they bring it multiple times though. Like this, the first part when they are told, like the aliens are told, make them come over here, which is like okay, that's vague, you know. And then when they get to the planet, they tell them you're you're going to be our slaves. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, then they, they argue mentioned... about, hey, slavery is bad. We shouldn't be. You got to give us a chance to defend ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And then I, he repeats I meant the, the uh... stakes to Michael Jordan. So it's mentioned. Wait, what are you saying? Well, I, I was saying, I, I'm. They do mention the slavery thing multiple times. I just meant that the cringiest part for me was at the very end, and thankfully after that they don't really mention it. Like they they do that. They show that little. This is what's gonna happen to you if you lose, and then they move past it. And I was like, okay, that's that's the most I cringed when they dealt with the whole slavery thing. When they brought it up to Bugs Bunny, like you're gonna be our slaves. I was like, oh boy. Okay, I could. <laughs> I was like, if I remember this movie correctly, uh, Michael Jordan is gonna shake hands with that with that green green dude, and I'm like, oh boy, okay, I was just preparing myself. So, mm-hmm. but you are right; it is a it is a cringy thing. It's a weird thing. Thankfully, it's not. It doesn't derail the film or anything. It's not. It's not. It's not as bad as I would have guessed they they had gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I enjoyed this film. I really did. Yeah, like, I still I still do enjoy it, but there are times in which I'm watching it and I'm like, why why is this a movie? I felt that way watching the new one. I, I felt that way watching both of them, to be honest. I, I think well, but here's the thing though. I think oh wait, you know what? We haven't done a summary of Space Jam. Oh, you know what? You're right. There's so many people out there that are confused about what's happening in this movie. My God, I'm well, so, we're mean, sorry, uh, listeners. Sorry, so we, sorry, guys. We, we have to explain this movie to you. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> and if you haven't seen Space Jam, yes, it was a real movie that we're talking about, where Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan play basketball together against aliens, and the stakes are: if they lose, they become slaves. <laughs> it's a real movie. That's the. Yeah. I mean, I, so, think, I think that's a. I think. Do we need to summarize it more? We could go into a little bit more in depth, just real quick. 
Okay. We've seen it so many times. So the movie starts with a young Michael Jordan in the 70s practicing basketball. And then his dad comes out and is like, hey, son, it's getting late. You got to come inside. And then son's like, one more shot, dad. And then he starts shooting and he keeps making baskets and baskets. And then he talks about all the things he wants to do in the future. And And he he, does say the baseball line. I was wrong about that. Yeah. Of course you're wrong about that. I remember this movie, (laughs) damn it. And then and then he's he's like, oh, so what are you going to do after that? Fly? And then then they do this like crazy like track in shot on little Michael and on the basketball hoop. And then he like runs up in slow motion and jumps. And then it cuts to like a montage of Michael Jordan uh, slam dunking throughout his NBA career to the the theme of the song Space Jam. Come on and slam if you want to jam. It's a really long montage going throughout his career. And then it ends with a press conference saying, hey, I've done everything I want to do in basketball. I'm glad that my dad got to see my last game. But now I'm going to move on to professional baseball. And then we see these like aliens who are apparently called the Nerdlux. And they rented this theme park called Moron Mountain. And the boss, Swaghammer. Swaghammer, voiced by Danny DeVito. He's frustrated with the people not enjoying his Moron Mountain attraction, so he tasks his minions to go and get new attractions. And they come across the Looney Tunes on TV, and they're like, get them here. So they go down to Looney Tunes land and accost Bugs Bunny with their laser guns and like, hey, you're going to come with us. We're going to play, we're going to make you be our theme park attractions on Moron Mountain. So Bugs Bunny convenes with the Looney Tunes and they're like, okay, we need to like defend ourselves. They're short. They're slow. Let's challenge them to a game of basketball. So those are the stakes. If you win this basketball game, we'll come with you to to Moron Mountain. If we win, we get to stay here. Meanwhile, Michael Jordan is playing baseball and he's really, really bad at it. And Everybody around him knows he's bad at it, but they want to be nice to him because he's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest base basketball player that ever lived. Uh, so the manager of his team sends along this Stan character who's supposed to like make Michael Jordan's life easier, but he's just really, really annoying. And he's played by Wayne Knight. Help Michael Jordan out, but he's just annoying. And then Michael Jordan's playing uh, golf with... Um, Larry Bird and Bill Murray. And he gets abducted by the Looney Tunes because they want him to help them win their game. But the aliens, they somehow have the ability to capture people's talent. So there's this whole sequence of the aliens capturing the talent of Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bogues, and and a few others. I always forget the names of the other two. But then they become like these monsters, the monsters. They're like these huge, mean-looking aliens. So they need Michael Jordan to help even the odds. And then they they play this big game, right? And Michael Jordan, they're they're down at, at halftime. Michael Jordan gives his pep talk. The tunes don't care. They're asleep. So Bugs Bunny comes up with this idea to trick the Looney Tunes into believing in themselves by giving them the secret drink called MJ's Secret Stuff. So then they take the secret stuff and they make this amazing comeback. But then 
Swaghammer is upset that they're starting to lose, so he's like, let's up the stakes. Or, I, Michael Jordan, you're going to come with me if you lose as my slave. And he's like, all right. And then the Monsters start playing dirty, and then they're down people. And then Bill Murray comes in, or Stan comes in first, and he gets flattened. <laughs> and they have to, like, inflate him to, like, get him to the hospital. And then Bill Murray comes in. During the last 10 seconds of the game, they make this ridiculous play. Michael Jordan stretches his arms into the basket. They win. He has to go back to playing baseball. And then he returns the talent back to the NBA stars and then eventually returns back to playing basketball for the Chicago Bulls. And that's the end of the movie. Uh, I think, yeah, that's it's funny because not that much happens in this movie. Not Really? They're not really, not a lot. Like this the day, like, like eighty-eight minutes. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, eighty minutes, and really, there's only like a day that happens between Michael getting sucked in, and or maybe even a few hours. This movie goes by really quickly. I think it's charming. I think it's funny, and there's yeah, there's some stuff in there that's really funny actually. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, so some of the jokes in there are pretty great. I I don't know. How do you feel, Austin? Uh, I do think that the NBA. The, all the jokes with the NBA players are pretty funny. There's one in particular that made me like laugh that didn't make me laugh before. It's when the uh, the commissioner of the Lakers or whatever they like closed down the forum in Inglewood, right? Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I then, remember that. And then he says, "Until we can guarantee the health and safety of our NBA players, there will be no more basketball this season." After meeting with team owners, I have decided that until we can guarantee the health and safety of our NBA players, there will be no more basketball this season. <laughs> I, me, me and my sister, like looked at each other, looked at each other, jaws open. We were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I think this hits a little too close for home. I know. A little too close to home. Oh, my God. It was so funny. And, like, before that, like, you see the Lakers, and they're like, we can't change in the in the locker room. There might be germs in there. Germs like that can travel faster than the speed of light. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> then have... they put on these gas masks. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, fine. Just change in the hallway. <laughs> I... <laughs> As a kid, I didn't even really laugh at that. But now it's like, oh, shit. What the heck? (laughs) I think uh, I definitely got a lot more out of this film watching it in English um, and being a grown up. Like, I I understood, like, the joke that they had about the Mighty Ducks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I, I just like how fast the movie moved. Like, it wasn't trying to be overly sentimental or overly like it knows what sentimental at all. Even I think a little a little bit. I think once you look into the story behind it a little bit more not in the making of the film but like if when you relate it to michael jordan's life i'm not saying that the film necessarily that's what they were trying to go for but you do feel a little bit for what's happening i don't i don't i think that it's interesting watching it like how much uh they make fun of michael jordan's baseball career like that's a joke that just keeps on coming back and back and like that's actually michael jordan like you're actually telling him he's trash at baseball Bugs Bunny is telling him he's trash at baseball. You know, 
and well, people keep saying, "Oh, he's a baseball, he's a baseball player now. He can't play basketball." The entire yeah. movie. Yeah, but I think that there's there's a one point where he's like, I'm, "I can't do this. I play baseball." And then within like two minutes, he's like, "All right, we're in basketball mode now." And that like he doesn't have an internal struggle about who he's supposed to be. Like, is he supposed to be a basketball player? Is he supposed to be a baseball player because his dad was a baseball player they kind of dropped that whole dad subplot at the very beginning of the movie um which yeah, is kind of they... weird but I, the circumstances of his real life father's death are just so tragic that i guess yeah why would you go into that for for a movie where he's playing baseball or basketball with bugs bunny well they brought in a lot from michael jordan's actual life as a kid i didn't know that he played baseball but apparently that's a real thing that he he went to go play at the minor league and he he retired from he retired from basketball. He said that he was kind of feeling burned out and his father passing away contributed to that and mm-hmm. or kind of kind of pushed him a little bit to that. So he, his father was his father was murdered. Yeah, his father was murdered and he was feeling a bit fatigued. You know, he, he felt a little bit burnt out. So he said that his decision to pursue baseball was really because it was a dream of his dad's who saw his son playing as a as a major league baseball player. So I was, it was really interesting to see that, oh, they actually brought that into the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep referencing it. They, they make fun of it. And it's funny because they tried making this film when he was a basketball player the first time around. Yeah. Right? Talk, they had, he had been in a few commercials with um, Bugs Bunny. They, selling were, new, new shoes. The hair new Jordans. Nikes, yeah. And, you know, they did really well. Um, uh, Michael Jordan's agent was like, hey, we, we should do something we should do. You know, just pursue it. Warners didn't really want to, but they kind of figured, well, we could do this as like market research to see how well the Looney Tunes do. But talk stopped, you know, when Michael Jordan retired. Then he came back to the Chicago Bulls and they were like, all right, let's do it. That story is in the film. Like that happens in the movie. I didn't know that was a real thing. And the fact that, you know, his dad wanted him to be a baseball player is kind of like when I that very first scene in the film, knowing what I did, I was like, oh, that was probably a real conversation with his father that he had. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that really happened. And, I mean, look, does the film do any of the hard work to actually establish that emotional... Co- or, like, um, to establish that arc and stuff? Not really. But just the fact that it happened in real life, the tragedy that would be... that would go down the way mm-hmm. it did it, I can't help but feel a bit bad. I can't help but feel oh, like, yeah. oh, this that's giving me a bit of the, emotion, the emotional um connection that i needed for the film and look i think again i think this could have everything you're saying is true and i think this would have been a stronger film for it but given what we have and kind of how they worked around how they plotted the story incorporating his real life and his father and stuff i was like i could have definitely seen a film that could have done that more but i liked what we got yeah i think Um, what also uh made telling that kind of a story very difficult was that Michael Jordan is a basketball player and part of him being a part of this movie was I can't miss out on any basketball doing this. We have to they finished his scenes, I think, within a month and a half. Well, it's funny because you say he couldn't miss out on basketball. He really what he couldn't. So he eventually Mm -hmm. went back to the Chicago Bulls and he was he was doing pretty good. But in interviews, Jordan was like, "I, I have a baseball body now. You know, like it's very different physique than what you need in basketball. 
you know, because he had trained. He had, you know, he had done training to be a basketball player. So he said, like, I'll do the movie, but I, I can't stop. I need to work out and I can't stop yeah. playing basketball. I heard that they, so they made his life on set very friendly for being a basketball player. Oh, did you? They built him a dome. <laughs> they built him a gym dome. I think it was the Jordan Dome or something. <laughs> it's a, No, no. It's an actual, like, yeah. dome that, that, you know, they kind of built like a tent and there's a basketball court in there and there's weights and stuff and they said that he'd film during the day and at night he'd play scrimmages with other basketball players who were around the area yeah like professional basketball players professional basketball players and afterwards he'd have to do weightlifting Mm -hmm. you know he'd have to get back into you know his his physical routine michael never takes his game lightly during shooting he kept in shape for the film and also for the 1995-96 nba season by practicing on a court specially built for him on the warner brothers lot is here almost every single day of shooting and works out every day and goes to this little dome thing he's got and plays with usually a dozen or so uh other nba players the best it's a hu- superhuman effort on his part. I shoot all day, and I go home, I'm totally exhausted. Well, he's worked out, and then he plays basketball for a couple of hours at a high level of intensity. That intensity paid off big time in the upcoming NBA season when Michael led the Chicago Bulls to their fourth championship. And I'm just like, it got to the point where basketball players, a bunch would fly over to L.A., to the Warner Brothers studio. It's like, hey, we got to play. We got scrimmage with him yeah and there's no refs so you have to call your own fouls you have to and it was a bit dirty it was a bit dirty <laughs> yeah they were like trash talk to them too well michael jordan was always competitive i mean i watched a little bit from the from his doc um what's it called the the, the last dance the the let oh the last dance yes the last dance and he got like one of his co co one of his uh teammates and like he would like verbally abuse him it got it got heated and apparently michael jordan was like that he was a shit talker he would Mm -hmm. shit talk a lot of people (laughs) especially his own teammates so i don't doubt that he he went hard at those scrimmages (laughs) Uh, did you see any behind the scenes stuff of i did in this movie yeah there's there's so all the behind the scene footage that i found were super dated yeah it is it is rough. I and it's, it's so just like, pixelated. It's just Michael Jordan on like this green basketball set with a bunch of people in green unitards like playing basketball with him. Yeah, this was I think I read where it was the first ever production to be shot on a virtual studio where it was green screen all throughout with oh. motion trackers. You see the motion trackers on the yeah. wall and the actors that they got to to stand in for the basketball players were improv actors. <laughs> Some of them were improv actors, and some of them were actual NBA basketball players. Well, you need someone to at least know a little bit about basketball yeah. to, to be able to at least, you know, dribble or uh, not dribble, but, you know, pass the ball, I guess, or something like, you I know. I think I dribbled, too. This movie. Yeah, this was the first. This was the first movie to really do that, to embrace that. And if you look at the behind the scenes, yeah, actors in green suits, green walls. I mean, I mean, the only other film that I could remember that did that early on as extensively was like the, the star Wars films. Yeah. Like you know, you uh, look attack at, of the clones. You look at attack of the clones when Kenobi is looking is when he's watching the production of the clones in particular, 
all that was blue screened. Yeah, there wasn't Those a aliens. single clone trooper uniform ever made in real life yeah for those movies they were all cg I wonder, yeah and now those the phantom menace came out in 99 this came out in the 96 and it had started production in like 95 i believe and production took 10 months well the whole thing took 19 months which is oh crazy. So, so, no 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 you're right 19 months i'm sorry i 10 months no you're right 19 months that's insane it's crazy and especially since they were doing stuff that hadn't been done before. Like, hey, you have to finish this by this time. And we're well, not really sure what it is that you have to do, but you have to finish it by this time. It needs well, to hit said, the theaters November 1996. Well, they said that the that animating... Because they went... The thing is, they went through different iterations of how they were going to animate the Looney Tunes, right? And some people got fired because of it because it just wasn't up to par. And they said that, like, this was a this was a revolutionary way of of animating these characters because because yeah. the, the looney tunes had been animated in a very traditional way where they had been drawn right on paper 2d and when like the background would move or like when they would walk right go from left to right the background would move mm-hmm. so the characters animations were the same you know it was yeah it was trying to make the animation process as doable as possible but this was very different this movie you had to see the tops of their heads. You had to see below them to the side. You had to you had to see them as 3D as possible. And the camera you know, would to... move around too. So you have to like make sure that they still look like they're real as the camera's moving around. That's... The director would go handheld. There's behind the scene footage of him holding the camera over his head. He's got like a, oh a, a you know, a, 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 not even a film camera. Wow. And he's he's going around and he's holding it over his head and he's running with the basketball players and he, they're shooting in canted angles and There's they're doing lot, all yeah. these different things. It's it's funny because watching the movie again, I didn't remember how many I because I thought they had filmed the movie on sticks or on, on tripods, mm-hmm. you know, from far away tripods and just filming it like that. No, they're a lot more involved. There are yeah. scenes where like. Michael Jordan will be cornered by the Monstars and the camera will just do a little shake, a little move. And it's like back in 1996, that must have been intense. Yeah. And you're, and think about the computers that they had back then. Oh, yeah. I read that they had like a com- like a bunch of computers and they had four gigabytes of shared memory amongst them. That's four, <laughs> four gigabytes. gigabytes. Oh my god. Floppy disks <laughs> were a thing, people. Let's not forget that floppy disks were around. At I don't this know time. if they could have used floppy disks for that, because the maximum no. capacity for those is like two megabytes. So you're having so you're having like hand drawn like hand drawn art like artists, right? Combined with computer animations and comp- composites and this movie was ahead of its time. Yeah. They're, like a, a bunch of three D uh, uh, VFX tricks really came from this movie yeah it's insane it really took they did that this, Roger- there was this b- the gag where tweety bird would like fly around michael jordan's head because michael jordan got his head hit or something and he's coming out of a concussion and you see the birds apparently that shot would cause their like computer program to crash so they had to come up with a new software to to simulate the motion blur of the bird flying around just little things like that Let's- think about how many times they interact or Michael Jordan interacts with Bugs Bunny. I mean, when he lands at, in Toon World, or uh, not Toon World, though, in Toon, you know, in their planet, mm-hmm. on their world, 
Uh, he kisses him. Remember, he picks up Tweety Bird. That has to be animated and drawn in. He has <laughs> yeah. to act next to that. That's that's hard. That's difficult. They interact a lot. And think about what happens to Michael, too. They turn him into a baseball, and they're bouncing him. They're tossing him in his face. Or basketball, sorry. They turn him into a basketball. They squish him into a basketball. His head is still, like... You could see his face. Mm-hmm. You can see that he's in pain. And also don't forget that there's like moments where the Looney Tunes are in the real world. Yeah. And so they have that, to like. That shot of them like sneaking around Michael Jordan's mansion trying to find his North Carolina basketball shorts. That was like a really hard thing for them to do. Because they have to actually film it and they have to. And. It's it's a complicated process, man. I can't even imagine like how much work went into the it. The camera is, is canted, too, and it's moving. So you have mm. to, like, track Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck walking around opening doors mm-hmm. and not have the thing crash as you're rendering it. It's a lot of work went into that. And you can tell in that scene. I was because I watched it twice. I'm like, man, how'd they do this in 96? That's crazy. I will say this, this movie has aged very well in terms of technology. Um, I mean, we, we talked about, we talked about Independence Day and how some of the things, I think it still looks pretty good, but there are some things that have not aged well. Mm -hmm. For the most part, this movie looks great. I I think it looks, it looks good enough, but I think if you, because I watched the second one, right? And I was, there are some things that if you look at the crowd in, in those scenes, they're kind of like copy pasted. Like, you see the same characters multiple times in the stands. And the way that I, they're animated is, like, it looks really weird. But it, that was all done on purpose because the camera's moving and you have to see different sides of the crowd and the Looney Tunes. Why? So what they did was they made it darker so you can't really tell. Which is a smart thing to do. And under the circumstances, I think that they did a really good job. Like, reading the some of the production details... Like, I, there's this article on Cartoon Brew where, like, after the 20-year anniversary of Space Jam, they talked to a bunch of the animators, animation directors, animation supervisors, and they were like, yeah, we were working, none of us knew how to do this, what they were asking for, and they didn't really know what they were asking for. Um, they had to work 12-hour days with one day off a month. People would be sleeping at their desks to make sure that whatever they're rendering wouldn't fail. And one guy was even Warner brothers offered to pay him to delay his honeymoon until the movie was done. Did he do it? No. And he says that there were no repercussions for him declining, but some of these people like this was like their first like feature credit and it was a big deal. So I, I'd imagine if you're just breaking into this industry, which is a very hard industry to get into, you would be more than willing to put your entire life on hold to try to get, you know, your foot in the door. Yeah. No, absolutely. There are a lot of references and homages and stuff to other things that it makes it really fun to watch as an adult. Um, Because like the gym where they're practicing is based on someone who worked on the original cartoons. The Schlesinger, I think, or it's, it's a, a name, something like that. And he was one of the he was one of the people who worked on the original cartoons. You know, you in the stands, I'm sure if you grew up with the cartoons, you'd see, oh, that's this character. And oh, my God, there he is. It's 
you know, if you're a basketball fan, there's a ton of references to basketball <laughs> and basketball drama too. Um, oh yeah, I didn't know that, but um, Charles Barkley when he's praying during that month, the Barry White montage, mm-hmm. he's praying to God. He's like, I'm not gonna trash talk. I won't get any more fouls. Uh, I'll never date Madonna again. <laughs> That's a reference to like a real life story. Yeah. But they, they make a bunch of references to real-life sports and stuff. I mean, he, I don't really know that much about basketball, but I recognize Larry Bird. He, mm-hmm. He's in the movie, too. Yeah. There's a ton of basketball players. A ton. There's, like, a whole list. Uh, I'm sure if you're a basketball fan, you'll be able to, like, go through this, be able it's to like see It's like 90s them. basketball. And I think oh, yeah. so much of these guys were on the 1992 Dream Team. This movie, though, I mean, this movie makes a lot of references. This movie is reference on reference on reference and it's funny because really what made this movie what created this movie were a bunch of commercials mm-hmm. you know this m- movie was based on some commercials that michael jordan did with bugs bunny for some nike shoes right for i think some super bowl ads mm-hmm. but bill murray's role his cameo is actually based on some commercials that he did for the nba where he wanted to what? quit acting yeah bill murray was was in a commercial for the NBA where he was going <laughs> to quit acting and become an, an NBA player. Oh, that's crazy. You got to send me that, that. Oh, there there these there are ads for it. He's playing he's playing one-on-one against the kid and he's talking about his diet and how he works out. <laughs> and he has like an NBA conference meeting where he's oh announcing that he's going to be an, an NBA player. The movie references those commercials. <laughs> Hell, the the line where Larry Johnson at the very end's like my Larry grandma Bird. can or no no, Larry Johnson the basketball player oh at the end, okay okay where he's the other basketball that his player mom, at the end <laughs> yeah when larry johnson says that his grandmother can play better than him that's a reference to a converse commercial that he played <laughs> that he was in where he plays his grandmother that's funny this movie is reference is referencing different commercials this movie was born out of commercials it is a commercial though like i think one of the instructions yes. that they got like the animators got from the the ceo was like I want you to make a movie that we can sell a bunch of merchandise for, you know? <laughs> and they did. Oh, yeah. did this movie, this movie made a buttload of money. Like it, it didn't, it, was, it made like 280 at the, the box office, which is pretty good. It's very good. But the yeah. soundtrack, the soundtrack. The album was certified as double platinum less than two months after its release. By 2001, it had reached platinum status six times over. Yeah. And it's the 16th highest grossing movie soundtrack of all time. <laughs> okay, here's another here's another weird um, thing about the movie. It is the highest grossing basketball film ever. <laughs> it's uh, according to the Chicago Tribune, though, it grossed 90.4 million in the United States and 230 million worldwide. Uh, not a bad return on a movie that cost 90 million. It's still the highest grossing basketball movie ever. Some 14 million ahead of White Men Can't Jump with uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. That's the second movie with actual actors in the lead role. Yes. With an actual plot and story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) but this movie was very look. this. Let's call it what it is. This movie's a commercial for the Looney Tunes. It's a commercial for the NBA. Let's not get it twisted. And I mean. They sold they sold the fuck out of the like this movie mm-hmm. in terms of merchandise. Uh, I want I, mean, I want to talk more about the soundtrack if you don't mind. No, no, absolutely. I think it's we got to talk about that the soundtrack. So I believe I can fly was like the big single of that song, but 
also on the soundtrack, you have Seal, you know, mm-hmm. Kiss from a Rose Seal. Before Kiss from a Rose, he covers the Steve Miller band's uh, Fly Like an Eagle. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you got Seal, R. Kelly, Monica, Salt and Pepper, Barry White, Chris Rock. Chris Rock is featured in the uh, soundtrack version of Basketball Jones. The Spin Doctors. Do you know the Spin Doctors? No idea. Tale of Two, or not. They do the song Two Princes. Mm-hmm. Princes, princes who adore you. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they so they I, do the song That's the Way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, they, they do that song? That Well, they do oh. a cover of, of that song that's on the soundtrack. So that's them. Oh. And oh, Biz Markie. Okay. Bismarcky's also on that track with them. Rest in peace. He Rest in peace. Away. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. And for Damn. the for the Monstars song, did you ever listen to it? The whole thing. I didn't. No, but I I oh heard it in the God. movie. Okay, so the the Monstars track, "Hit Him High," Coolio, Busta Rhymes, LL Cool J, Be Real of Cypress Hill, and Method Man from the Wu Tang Clan. Oh shit. Wait, wait, and Busta Rhymes? Busta Rhymes. Fuck, that dude's been rapping forever. <laughs> yeah, and I think these guys, they all kind of came up together, except for LL Cool J. He he was uh, more, he was coming up earlier than all the rest of them, I think. I think 93 was when the Wu-Tang album hit, and that's when Method Man, like, kind of introduced himself to the, the rap scene, I think, on, on like, the... Uh, but it, it doesn't end there, because on the end of the space jam soundtrack there's a rap by bugs bunny called buggin do you know who wrote this song who wrote this rap jay-z what (laughs) wait he wrote this he wrote the rap he yeah he wrote bugs bunny's rap what they got jay-z this is before jay-z was super famous i don't think i don't think he had the Jay-Z name yet, maybe? I don't know when that name came out, but it's it's Jay-Z. God damn. Holy shit. Damn. <laughs> Fuck so much. This movie has so much talent all throughout with it. Mm-hmm. The from the basketball players, to to the uh, to the animators can't forget them, and to the goddamn soundtrack. Fuck yeah. me. Yeah, this so this movie this the soundtrack would be the fourth highest selling album of 1997, and it it even it sold more copies than the Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death album, which was released Wh- two weeks after he was murdered. Damn. Ooh. This sold more than that? This sold more than that. <laughs> I guess kids really liked, uh, I guess kids didn't really like Notorious B.I.G. as much as uh, Space Jam. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I didn't know about Notorious B.I.G. until middle school. I knew about Space Jam. Yeah. Like, basically when I was three, so. I remember playing, like, tetherball at recess, and there was this kid who was, who was winning, and he'd be singing, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. <laughs> Every kid did that. Whenever a kid was doing something cool, he would do. I've remembered myself doing. I can remember myself doing that. That's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I like it. 
Every kid, every kid, anyone who 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 says they didn't do it is a goddamn liar. <laughs> every fucking kid, with regard whatever they were doing, maybe they were mopping the floor and they were mopping it better than their other like their sister or brother. They're like, uh, that's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, li-. I guarantee you. And it's because guarantee. of Space Jam. It's because of Space Jam. A uh, little factoid about the Space Jam theme song. It's from this group called the Quad City DJs, and that there's like an interview that he did with Spin dot com and jay ski of the quad city djs says uh, he didn't tell us what to do he just said he wanted a song from us to use for the movie i remember sitting in the studio and thinking we came up with the track and said and i said i called craig who's the then senior vp of a and r of atlantic records let me ask you a question craig has anybody done a song called space jam he said no and i said well we're doing that <laughs> <laughs> and they they got a VHS tape of some of the outtakes of the movie and this was before any of the animation right so he's just watching tapes of Michael Jordan in a completely green basketball court playing against green people and he's like hmm it didn't give me a complete idea of what the movie was going to be but it gave me enough idea of what kind of stuff he was talking about and that helped us as we started developing the song for the movie and if you listen to the lyrics of of the song, they don't really have anything to do with the movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I to be okay, to be fair, I wasn't really paying attention. I was more like bobbing my head. Right, cuz it's it's that like big bass sound that that's like dum 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 and and the chorus is like really catchy. Come on and slam if you want to jam. Everybody get up. It's time to. I yeah. can't. I don't know the lyrics. I don't even know the lyrics, but I'm you like. You know, the, like the hook and the chorus, but like yeah. the verse? Shocking, jocking, space kaboom. <laughs> work that body, <laughs> work that lyrics? body. Yeah. <laughs> work that body, make sure you don't hurt nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super catchy ass song, though. It is. Doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> well, this isn't. They're not making a James Bond movie, Austin, okay? It's a it's a movie about basketball, goddammit. The Hit Em High song, though, like, mm-hmm. those verses are hard, man. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think LL Cool J has a line dissing Michael Jordan. Like, <gasps> you're in it for the money or you're in it for the love, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. You should listen to Damn. those songs, dude. I I only listened to them from the movie. Or, no, no, actually, I'm lying. I had Fly Like an Eagle on repeat when I was in the shower. <laughs> it was, there's something about this song where it's like, fuck, this is so good. This this movie, it's, uh, look, man, it's, it really just is a way to sell the Warner Brothers brand. brand but Absolutely, that's, that's I, why this movie was made. Yeah, but I like it. I I enjoy it for what it is. There's still a lot of effort that was put into it. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of effort that needs to be that needs to be like witnessed, you know? Because <laughs> we take I mean we take it for granted, but I mean we like do. reading reading about what these animators went through, it's like fuck, man. And even a, even today, I'm impressed by what they did, what they were able to accomplish. And I was like, oh, that's that shot is interesting because you know the camera's going over one of the monsters. It's it's interesting. It's fun. It's, you know, and look, man, the soundtrack bops. You got to listen to it. It's really hard um, to find online. 
Like there you, was, you, uh, you mentioned that it wasn't. You couldn't find it on Spotify, like, right? Some of my favorite songs are not on Spotify. Hit 'em High is not on Spotify. The Salt and Pepper song is not on Spotify, and I, Buggin' is not on Spotify. But it's not one of my favorites. But it's really, it's really interesting to listen to. <laughs> some of the things that didn't hold up. There, uh, I've already <laughs> mentioned the slavery thing, which is kind of like, yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. I, I think Michael Jordan's performance is, uh, it's not very good, but it's not like, it doesn't ruin the movie, uh, but it, man, some of, some of his line delivery is just. No, oh no, no. He, he, there are some, there are some line deliveries that are awful, but he, What's he really doesn't going ruin on the here? movie. There's one thing that kind of not really bothered me, but I was like, okay, like, come on guys. Did we really have to do this? I mean, I guess, but it was when, um. Wayne Knight's character gets squished, mm-hmm. and they pump him full of air, and then he turns into a giant balloon. And when a they giant fart go, joke. Like, yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah, look, it's not bad. It's not really the worst thing you could do. But I was like, you ain't got to do this heavy set man like that. You, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, I, I appreciate Wayne Knight so much more now. I think, yeah, because uh, I, yes. I saw him. Um, in preparation for the the podcast i saw him give an interview with conan and he's talking about how what it was like doing space jam and he said something that kind of was like wow he was the only actor on that set you know he he had a bunch of people in green suits and he was acting opposite michael jordan like he's the only like actor you know what i mean in his in his scene um where they're playing uh when they're playing golf, he's he, you know, it's Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, and you know Bill Murray's there, but I, I mean, he's not acting off of Bill Murray that much. It, for the bulk of the movie, he's playing, he's acting opposite Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, all like the the fat jokes about him are kind of like, man, come on, he Wayne Knight deserves more respect than this. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, look. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm above a fart joke or a poop joke. Like I'm not, you know, I like Norbit, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, there is something and look what Eddie Murphy did with Respucia is still wrong, but it just felt a little like Wayne Knight's trying, man. You know, we didn't really, I don't know. This is, there's like a giant disgusting face. Everyone like Ugh, when he's like farting and I'm just like, Oh, you know, like, we all fart. Just let it go. You know, I, I don't know. It's not coming out of his. He's not farting like he's he's letting the air that was just inflated into but, him but out. They, but they made it sound. But they made it. I mean, that's what's happening. But they made it seem like it was a fart joke yeah. because of the way it sounds. Yeah. And and the way everyone's reaction mm-hmm. is very much like, oh, he's I don't know. I just didn't think that's not the most egregious thing this movie does. But watching it now, I'm like, man, just don't don't. If the man's heavy set, don't just automatically put a fart joke there. I mean, it's it is ninety six, so you know times have changed. But I'm like, ah, oh, come on, guys. Yeah, I think the effect of him like flying around is still pretty good, especially with oh yeah how he kind of like lands seamlessly onto that hospital bed. Yeah, I, it, yeah, because it's the same shot. He he's you know he. It's hard to tell when the computer effect ends and when the actor is an actor again. Does that exactly. make sense? Yeah. yeah. Very. No. No. Very well put. That's exactly. A, yeah. 
it's very well put. You don't know when, because you, you know it happens, mm-hmm. but you just don't see it. Um, I didn't notice it. It's a very cool effect. Wayne Knight's character <laughs> is very, very cool. A plus to him. And again, the fact that he's really the only actor on set is like, kudos, man. Yeah. I I think I I value, you're right, I value him a lot more now, watching it as a grown-up. Because uh, as a kid, you just see him as like a, a Yeah, you're like a, laughing a at him. A punching bag. But he, yeah, he's he like plays a, that character so well. Yeah. Um the 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 stretch to the basket. I it's funny, but I don't think it's like intentionally funny with the music that plays and how it's in the slow motion and everything. Mm-hmm. It just it feels really really awkward now. <laughs> like it's it's one of those mom- moments where it just kind of takes me out of it and I'm like, "Why did they do this?" I disagree. I think it's still awesome. You think it's awesome? I- yeah, I think it's great because it's the iconic Michael Jordan pose, but it's cartooned up, right? Where his arm is stretchy. I mean, well, because no, he's and he he's just like reaching. gently drops the ball into the basket. Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't see anything egregiously wrong with it. I didn't. I didn't think. I was watching it and I was like, "Oh, this did not hold up." I'm watching. It, it's like, "Oh, okay, that's like from my childhood." And it reminded me a lot of the Michael Jordan logo on the Nike shoes, you know, Jumpman, uh, except on the Nike logo, he's his arm isn't all the way stretched out to your toes. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. I don't Does know. I, I, I find that hard, hard to believe <laughs> that you find it cool. But I don't know. I, I feel like you're, you're seeing it still as a kid. It's it very hard to, to break that. I'll admit. I think it. I mean, yeah, it is. Because like when but, that... well, I mean, but think about it. There are some things that I have not aged well, which I'm willing to acknowledge. I'm fi- the thing is, I don't think, I don't think it's a big deal. If it hasn't held up, I'm like, I think it's fine. Like I'm not. It's not something where I'm gonna deduct points. Whereas the fart joke, yeah, I'll deduct something from <laughs> that. And the slavery thing, whoo, it could have gone a lot worse. It could, it could have gone a lot worse. Um, but still, you know what I mean? Which, just, it's funny that the, in the new one, the stakes are kind of the same, but they just don't use the word slavery. <laughs> oh, they, they stay super far away from it. Yeah. Which, well, and yeah, I think, I don't know. I still like the climax of the film where it's a lot more like it is intense. It's like time's running now, you know, um, it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting finale because they're all, you know, because up to that point, Michael really hadn't used like his Looney Tunes power. You know, he he really hadn't done anything. It, it wasn't. A, that's why they do the fart joke with Wayne, because they're like, oh, I didn't know he, he could, you know, become a cartoon. It's like, oh, yeah, even you could do it. And that's the first mm-hmm. time he does it. I think it's pretty cool. And that image of Michael's arm stretching far out is iconic like, it is iconic but that doesn't mean it's good i'll tell you this it's better than anything in new legacy that's for damn sure it, it's, it's really movie. dumb like it, when i was watching new legacy i was thinking i was getting mad that he that lebron wasn't stretching his arm like why isn't he stretching his arm what's with this this like this jump power up i don't like this but then i watched the old one and i'm like it's the same shit <laughs> no it's, it's, it's the same shit I mean, it's the same shit, but I think it's done way better. I don't. I don't think it's done better or worse. I think it's just the same. Like, why? I don't Fair know. Enough. I would have, like, if you're gonna do it, then do it to be funny, right? Isn't that the point of of being loonies or to being like a 
cartoon person. It's like a well, ridiculous, I think funny. like... I think it, they could have probably done it a bit more. But I think at that point, it was just about adding to the sense that they're going to lose. And the only way for Michael, for them to win, is for Michael to do this impossible thing. Which he does because he's a Looney Tune. I think at that point it wasn't so much about being funny. It was just about less about being funny and more about being traumatic. And Michael stretching his arm out <laughs> halfway across the court is pretty dramatic. It's like, oh, oh, that's something. Yeah, right. It's it feels really weird. Like I don't know why that that part sticks out as weird to me when he's playing basketball with cartoon aliens and. Uh, it's the whole movie's kind of wacky, but I, I don't know for some hmm. reason that's the one where it's like mm. it just didn't work for you. Yeah, like it's like a, a lot of movies have that scene where it's like slow motion. You got to do the move to to win the yeah. game. You know, mm-hmm. you got to do the move to blow up the Death Star. But when when Michael Jordan stretches his arm out and it goes in slow motion, you didn't vibe I, with it. I, I I didn't vibe with it as hard as I did when I was a kid. That's for sure. Fair enough. But I think it's because I was like. And I was uh, irrationally upset that LeBron James didn't stretch his arm at the end of New Legacy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, Michael's going to do it right. He's going to stretch his arm. And then I'm I'm like looking at it as, I don't know, it didn't feel You're the same. It, it doesn't feel the same. Mm. That's, I mean, that is why we do this show, man. Because, you know, some things that you think might hold up probably don't, you know. And it's always good going back and watching watching these movies, seeing mm-hmm. how they hold up. I'll tell you one thing that did not hold up. And I know you love this line, but it is so stupid. Is goddamn, um, be gone, wannabe. <laughs> be gone. I didn't know. Because, okay. when I didn't know that as a kid, she said that line. I, uh-huh. She was like, you're an, in Spanish, she's like, you're an imposter. Get out of here. Right? Yeah. Uh, so when I saw this, like, be gone, wannabe. Be gone. I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck talks like that i i have never heard anyone say be gone wanna be yeah it's it's so ridiculous and it's it's so it's so so obvious that it's charles barkley you know yeah it's so obvious charles barkley was a huge star he was part of the freaking dream team you know so how how would she not think it was charles barkley because just having an off day yeah and and also the whole nba season was canceled because charles barkley patrick ewing and moxie bogues lost their talent that was like a publicized nationally publicized event you know that everybody's like aware of so it, it doesn't make sense for her to think oh this guy just looks like charles barkley but because he can't play basketball He's not Charles Barkley. He's just a wannabe that looks like him. Like, I it mean, doesn't, it's, it's, I think that's why it's so funny because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, to, to, no, I, I, I'm not even thinking that. I'm thinking it just sounds dumb. Like I have never heard anyone ever say, <laughs> "Be gone, wannabe, be gone." Unless I, they're quoting Space just, Jam. <laughs> unless they're quoting Space Jam, I've never heard a person say. It's just one of those lines where it's like. Oh, that just sounds wrong. Like, I don't even know how... Look, 
congr- good job on the girl for trying to sell it. She's, you know, she did the best she could, but it is a bad line. It is. Disagree. It is dumb. It is dumb. You are very, very dumb. Whoever wrote that particular line. I'm like, no. <laughs> and even I paused it and me and my, and me and my sister was like, that's wrong. <laughs> this is just like, this doesn't sound right. I wonder how um, Porky Pig sounds in Spanish because the I oh. watched the like some of Bob Berger who does the voice of most modern iterations of Porky Pig, and he, he talks about how intricate the accent is. Uh, have you heard him talk about it? No, I haven't. Count out the sounds: eh, eba, eba be, eba be e boy. Okay, so it's four sounds in the word: it's a chair, it's a a desk. Now, you wrinkle your nose, you make it kind of nasal, and it's eba bit a boy. And then for the third sound, you push it more. Eba bit a boy. It's a chair. It's a bit a desk. And then you have to put together full sentences. The boy sat in the chair next to the desk. And nobody can do that, and that's when I have job security. <gasps> wow. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Whoa. That is awesome. I've never seen that. Never even heard of that. It's wild, man. That is, I'm like impressed. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, I think. Okay, I'll say this: the the Spanish guy. I I don't think it was that complex. I don't think he did it that deep. If anything, the Spanish guy. The problem with the problem with the Spanish dub is Porky is really hard to understand. (laughs) He's really difficult to comprehend. Like. My Spanish isn't 100% like it used to be, but goddamn, Porky was super difficult to understand in here. I still had the English dub, uh, subs, and I was like, oh, that's what he said? I didn't catch that. <laughs> but in English, it's you understand what he's saying, e- even in this little demonstration that the actor's doing. That is incredible. Yeah, a lot of work goes into these these voice actors, you know, these, these characters that they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if it's really fair to say oh the voice actor is better in spanish than it is in english or the voice actor is better in english than it is in spanish because there's they're they're doing something you know i think well i think it, it's a instant i think it's a case-by-case scenario because i think there are moments where the spanish dub is the delivery is better and there are moments where the english dub is far superior like porky pig because again in spanish i could not understand what he was i think saying. you have to have an understanding of both languages to like really be the best judge of it yeah but uh, impressive i i i'm shocked i think that was awesome on that note do you want to talk about quotes um yes i do want to talk about quotes i did want to mention the sequels before sequels yeah there were going to be sequels to space jam oh yeah we could briefly real real quick um so space jam was a huge hit so they of course hollywood wants to make a sequel right Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Michael Jordan did not want to do Space Jam two, but mm-hmm. they, the peop- the filmmakers really wanted to make Space Jam two, so they lied to the, <laughs> they lied to the executives at Warner Brothers saying, oh yeah, Mike's on board, and they tried to take oh. it as far as they could, but then when it ca- came time for Michael Jordan to be in the movie, he still said no, so it didn't happen. But Space Jam was such a hot like property, hot idea. They were like, well, let's just get another athlete and put him with the Looney Tunes. So they tried to make Race Jam with Jeff Gordon, the NASCAR racer. Oh, no. (laughs) They tried to race jam. Race jam. Yeah. They tried to make 
Skate Jam with Tony Hawk. (laughs) And they tried to do Spy Jam with Jackie Chan. But eventually the movie that did get made was Looney Tunes Back in Action with Brendan Fraser. I remember that. I didn't see it, but apparently it's supposed to be better than Space Jam. Um, But... I can't remember that movie. It didn't do very well at the box office. So all those like blank jam movies were kind of shelved until like 2014 when LeBron came on board for Space Jam 2. LeBron makes the most sense. 2014. I mean, honestly, I I feel like any of those films could have worked like just, you know, like capitalize on the Space Jam, like kind of branding. I mean, would they have been good movies? Who knows? Probably not. But, you know, it would have been cool to see. It would have been cool to see Tony Hawk with. He was on board. Like he tweeted in uh, talking about that story of how like, oh, yeah, I'm on board for this. And he also posted like some concept art of him like skating with Taz and stuff. That could have been cool, man. Like, think about it. Like, you know, like it's like the Speed Racer arenas, but with skateboarding (laughs) with the Looney Tunes. That could have been cool. Yeah. And Tony Hawk seems like a cool guy. Like he him saying he would be down. Absolutely. Jackie Chan. Why not? Why not Jackie Chan? That would have been cool. Have a movie where he's fighting with Donald Duck and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Damn. Donald Duck? Fuck. Daffy Duck. No, no. Uh, sorry. Uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Yeah. That could have been so cool. Like, again, how great of a movie. Uh, who knows? I don't know. But I, but I still would have liked to have seen it. It would have It would have definitely given us some great gifts. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. So time for quotes. Quotes. Uh, this isn't how I really feel about the movie, but I really like the quote. It made me laugh. I, I laughed a lot. Uh, it's between, uh, Bill Murray and Michael Jordan, where mm-hmm. Bill Murray's like, uh, it's cause I'm white, isn't it? <laughs> Michael Jordan's like, no, Larry's white. So what? And Bill Murray's like, Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, what? Yeah. I, I was, I, it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. Cause I figured he was, I figured they were going to bring it up. Like, you know, white guy playing back. You know what I mean? I figured yeah. it was going to come in at some point. I didn't expect it to go there. So I, it really made me laugh. You, What's your quote? You know, my quote is, you know, my quote oh. is, <laughs> you're not Charles no, not- Barkley. Just a wannabe who looks like him. You shouldn't even be here. Be gone, wannabe. Be gone. I don't know. When I, when there's watching this movie, I'm like, okay, this is not like a good movie, like, you know, quote unquote, good movie. But that scene makes me laugh every time, every yeah. time. And the other one that makes me laugh is the, the swag hammer seeing Bill Murray hop in and play for the, as a fifth player on the Toon Squad. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah. That was, uh, oh my God, that one made me laugh a lot too. That like was a good one. little moments that like make me laugh in this movie. Uh, yeah. When Yosemite Sam is covering the Monstars, he's he's pointing his guns at them. Mm. <laughs> it's in like the, the out of focus foreground, but it's funny. No, no, it is. Another another quote that I thought was really funny was Charles Barkley, where he's like, I promise I'll never swear, swear again. I'll never get another technical. I'll never trash talk. 
I won't go out with Madonna again. <laughs> I just thought that was really... That's such a weird line to toss in a kid's movie, but it's great. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't we didn't have enough time to talk about Space Jam and New Legacy. Uh, I think we might want to revisit it at some yeah, point. Yeah, we could revisit it. Austin and I are... We, we want to start up another show within Retro Brain. Where we talk about modern movies, modern things happening in the industry. We're not exactly sure what kind of format that's going to be in. It might be called Modern Grade. It might be uh, called something else. We're not sure yet. I mean, you guys are might be familiar that if you're if you're a fan of the show, yeah, um, <laughs> that uh, we we talked about for our New Year's episode, for our Christmas episode, we didn't actually talk about a movie. We talked about movies that we really liked for New Year's. We talked about. Um, Side by Side, which was a documentary, but it was really a conversation about HBO Max. For Willy Wonka, we talked about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So we do like talking about what's happening in the industry right now. I don't know. Will, I want to talk about it. We might come back to it in the future. Not right now. Not next week, because next week is the Retrograde Retrospective, coined by your Trulies. Oh, yes. It's one of your moments of brilliance. Oh man, are they are they rare? But when they land, they land <laughs> strong. Mm-hmm. It's that superhero landing. Austin and I are we're not gonna be talking about any movie in particular. We're gonna be talking about the movies we've done, which episodes we're proud of, which ones we feel we didn't really get into how we felt about it, or which which we feel we could have done better. Uh where we plan on being in the next year. Austin and I have sat down and we've looked at the schedule we've sat down our our schedule for 2021 but like kind of where we want to be at what kind of content do we want to be making putting out you know what we're gonna try to call this modern grade sub channel you know austin and i want to start a patreon soon yeah we're we're gonna start the patreon next year and maybe on next year uh some of our like modern grade episodes might be like Patreon exclusives, but we'll like probably give you the first one for free. I think we've danced around talking about New Legacy a bit. Uh, I think we could come back to it and maybe put that on the feed sometime. Uh, yeah, I think we could we could come back to it. Uh, I know, like I know a, a few people have messaged me saying that they want to know how I feel about certain films. I know you've had that too, and I'm like, we should talk about that in modern grade episode. You know, films that. You and I feel that we've seen in the past decade that maybe a lot of people didn't watch that we feel you should be watching um, and some suggestions as well. So, yeah, that that's definitely coming up soon. Yeah, we have a we have a great year planned, you guys. Um, Exciting. So we're going to be we're going to be talking about that and we're going to be taking your questions as well. So Austin is going to be posting throughout the week uh, some Instagram polls or not polls, but like question nair thingies where you could ask us questions ask us anything and we will answer them a hundred percent truthfully at at the end of our episode next week on august 1st for the retrograde retrospective first year anniversary of the retrograde podcast so So, i'll go ahead thank you very much guys thank you for listening Uh, thank you listeners for making it to the end of this episode uh if you haven't already we are on instagram at retrograde underscore pod. You can find our little trailers and participate in our polls. We are at retrograde underscore pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook group, Retrograde Podcast. Uh, we have a Discord. DM us for details about that. Um, 
working on getting on TikTok. It's probably just going to be our trailers and maybe some original content there as well. You know, mm-hmm. got it. We were trying to get more people to like listen to the show and grow. And I don't know, maybe do some really cool stuff for our Patreon next year. It's going to be fun. We'd like for you to join us along on those ventures. But uh, for now, we will see you until next week for our anniversary special. Thanks again, guys. See you next week. See ya.